from Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 228. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's and Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello, Brad Dowdy. Hello, Michael Hurley. How are you, sir? As a little preview for today's show, can you give uh, an audio uh, example of what we're going to be doing today? This can you this. hear that? Can, I can hear it. Do you want to do it again, just so we, in case people miss it? And what is that, Brad Dowdy? That's me. That's me rifling through letters and envelopes. Although a couple of them went flying to the floor. Let me grab them. And you can hear me now if you listen. Listen very carefully. You can hear me scrolling up and down on a Dropbox link <laughs> uh, of some scans that Brad made for me. Because today Ooh. is the Ask TPA Letters episode, where a few weeks ago we asked our lovely pen addicts to write in with their Ask TPA questions. And uh, we got quite a few letters, and uh, the thing is, they're not just questions. These are actual letters, so the letters are long, which is good, and we're going to read through some of those today. But I did have a follow-up item that I wanted to mention. Um, My inks have come in. Do you remember remember I ordered inks recently? No. From uh, Van S, I ordered Califolio Andronopole and KWZ Raspberry. Okay. I am in love. I am absolutely in love with these. <laughs> Those are good colors. Especially yeah, the Califolio. My gosh. You know what I think about that one, right? I mean. I think it's my favorite color that I have now. It, it's really good. We did a uh, we did a six-pack sample, a Panatic sampler on Van S pens a few weeks ago, and that was absolutely one of them. It's that good. It is stupendous. And I have it in mm-hmm. my uh, my twist pen, the Mother of Pearl, as I call it, and it is such a fantastic pairing. Yeah, that's a good setup right there. That's right. I remember you bought it for that, so that's mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy. So good. We we will talk more about how you have all all these pens inked up and stuff. Mm. Got some got some new stuff. Got some new inks. I want to hear some some further reviews as we get as you get to use them more. You bet. All right, should we, without delay, we should probably yeah. start these things, right? Yeah, we have a bunch. And so I want to thank everyone who took the time to write into us. If we mm-hmm. don't get to your letter today, I 100% promise we will get to it in a future episode. We're just kind of time restrained today, so we and we don't know how long this is going to take us to go through because we'll have some answering to do with these letters. And, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start reading some of these letters. Um, I'll read them pretty much verbatim. Some of them are long, but it's kind of fun to see what other people are writing. Um, there's some I might jump around on and, and get straight to the Ask TPA parts of them. And then uh, I scan some for Mike so he can he can read some too. And actually, Mike, I want you to read the first one um, because this one's kind of this one has more to the story than the, the scan I sent you. So it's the first one in the scan. It's just uh, essentially on, on, an, on a note card or postcard type. Dear Brad and Mike, greetings from Capitol Hill. My hashtag AskTPA is what is a pen you initially did not like but eventually came back to and ended up really enjoying. Mine is a Noodler's Nib Creeper, which I have come to love now that I put a regular non-flex nib into it. Thanks for a fun show every week. Sincerely, Gabe. So, funny story about this one, Mike. So, says greetings from Capitol Hill, right? So, I'm... I got the envelope and I just flipped it over the back and started opening it. And on the back of the envelope is written that says pen Lamy Safari ink noodlers, Lexington gray. And then also it says note sent with personal funds. And I thought this was kind of a joke. Like, um, you know how we have like uh, disclosures on the blog, like if we write that the <laughs> the product was sent to us for free or, you know, that those type of things, those disclaimers. I was like, well, that's kind of funny. Then I flipped it over. And the return address is U.S. House of Representatives, Washington, D.C., 20515. So, yeah, I, I'm wondering if he really needed to note that this was sent with personal funds. So, yeah, this is from uh, the, the legit Capitol Hill. So uh, thank you, Gabe, for sending that. And um, like Gabe did on this, almost everyone tells us what pen and ink they, they wrote with. And he wrote his letter with the Twisby 580 USA edition and Noodler's Sequoias, which is a really pretty green. I, I kind of like this shape. So let's get on to his question, though. Do, do you have a pen you initially did not like but eventually came back to? Yeah, it's actually a pretty similar answer. And I can't remember where I ca- this came from, but I have a Noodler's Flex nib pen. Um, 
somebody gave me this, but I'm a terrible human and can't remember who. Um, and it's like a red, it's like blue and red swirly thing. I can't remember where this came from. Yes. So that I sent you that, that was from one of our listeners uh, named uh, Penelope. You are the best human being, like just flat out. <laughs> now, I had one of these a long time ago and it was brown uh, and mm. I put it in a jet pens order and I hated it. And now, whilst I don't love this every day or use it every day, I enjoy it whenever I pick it up and play around with it because it's a silly pen, right? Like it's mm. one of these yeah. silly flex nibs, like it's not a fantastic quality one and, and I just play around with it for fun, but enjoy it when I viscerally hated it the first time I tried it a couple of years ago. I remember, mm. I remember talking about it on the show with you a long, long time ago when I was mm. like in the old room with all the old equipment. I, I viscerally remember talking to you about that pen because I hated it so much. Right. Um, but now I actually really enjoy it. I think mine is actually kind of a surprise and it's the Lamy 2000. And that's because I got, I didn't like the nib on it when it came. And that's, that's kind of what Gabe was saying. You know, he had a, didn't like the nib on his and then got it swapped out. Now he loves the pen. Well, I got the nib worked on on my Lamy 2000. At first, I was like, what is all the hype about? I'm not yeah. digging it. Yes, it feels good. Yes, it looks good. And it's supposed to be amazing, but I'm not getting amazing performance out of it. I had to get that nib tweaked on the Lamy 2000. And then I came around to like, you know, the the feelings that I have about that pen these days, which is, it's, it's one of the best bangs for the buck on the, on the market. And it's a, it's a fantastic pen, but it did take some time to, uh, for me to actually enjoy that pen instead of fighting with it. That makes perfect sense. All right. So the next one, I'm going, uh, closer over to you than me. This one, uh, came from Poland and I had to share this on Instagram because, um, the Poland, uh, stamp game is, is strong. So let's, uh, so sorry for all the extra noise, but I kept all these in the envelopes. I'll remember uh, to to keep them handy. So let's see here. It's going to be a lot of uh, foley in this episode. You know, yes, sound yes. Effects. <laughs> so this is uh, from Emil. I, I believe that's how we're going to say it. Um, it says, "Dear Brad, I only have three sheets of paper, and I should be working anyway. Plus, my handwriting is meh at best, so I'll be quick. Firstly." All postcards showing my city are terrible. The one I attached sucks the least. Sorry. <laughs> so he's, he included a postcard of his town, which is actually quite beautiful. <laughs> Secondly, I hope I didn't misremember if you asked for questions for future episodes of Panatic. So to my question, I've been using pens for most of my life, never thinking about it much. It was what I had handy. Never got into expensive pens. Two $100 pens I own gather dust. I hate almost everything about them. Do you think less about people who should know better, uh, for example, that are knowledgeable, who use your standard $10 pens? Be honest. Do, why the F would you use that daily? Never cross your mind. Many hobbies, pen addiction, uh, for one, I have a strong focus on buying things. I sometimes feel looked down on by all those people sporting Stallone's signature pen. I just, let me rephrase my question. Do you think then too much, look what I bought in our community? He says, mm -hmm. he also says, do not read this verbatim. My English is not good. His English is spectacular. So is his handwriting. If he uses the words meh and jest and things like that in the proper context, your English is pretty amazing. So the, the gist of his letter, it's kind of twofold, but it's number one, do you look down on people for not using a quality pen when they should know better? Um, that's an easy question. It's absolutely not. And I'm not one of those pen people who will always make a scene of pulling out my pen when someone hands me a pen to write with. That's just not how I mm -hmm. operate on a personal level, right? That's different. Like you don't show up or show out someone who just, you know, is trying to do their job or trying to, you know, do something nice for you. You don't make a scene about that type of thing. Oh, here, let me use my Stallone chaos pen because it is far superior to your pen. I, I would never do that in a million years, no matter the situation. So what I would say on this is I don't I wouldn't like look down on someone like if we were at a pen show and somebody pulled out like 
a really like cheap weirdo pen that like I wouldn't and and but I know this person is well into this stuff. I wouldn't look down on them, but I would question it. I would say, why do you use that? Like, why are you choosing to use that? Like, when you're sure. a person that I know understands or like cares about this stuff quite deeply, and that is a five dollar pen from Walmart. Like, why did you pick that? Like that. That's what, what I I would be. Um, inquisitive about it because it, it wouldn't make complete sense to me uh i also do think i, I completely agree there this community is completely focused around people showing off what they have but i don't yeah. think that's necessarily a bad thing what else are you going to do like i think you should if you bought something you spent your hard-earned money on it and you're proud of it and you're excited about it then you should share it with the community agree with that and um do i think there's too much of that i i really don't think so because you know, we we've talked about this, for, and not to get business perspective on y'all, and you know this in the back of your heads. I mean, this is a community that generally has the extra money to spend on these things, right? Um, so people just tend to show those things off, and and I think it's pretty cool because I think the majority of the people that are into the Pen Addict and the Pen Addict podcast and the Pen Addict Slack and on Twitter and everything, they're sharing one to show cool stuff, but two, it gives an op- a learning experience to other people who don't have those things. And that gives them the opportunity to ask questions about that. It gives them an opportunity to educate themselves about those products. It gives them an opportunity to learn if the product is good or bad, um, whether it would fit their needs or not. So yeah, there is a lot of that. Um, but I don't think it's in an obscene kind of way, if that makes sense. Should I go next? Yeah, go next. So uh, it starts off, Greetings. First of all, thank you for talking about the latest cursive writing brouhaha. I have a six-year-old, and so the whole learning how to write topic is a daily topic for us. He goes to a Montessori school, and they definitely teach cursive there, in addition to block printing. His teachers have discussed many of the reasons they prefer cursive, although uh, obviously since I'm par- since I'm printing, uh, I'm a little ambivalent about it, so that this person's writing in print, they're not they're mm-hmm. like like uh they're not uh cursive not joining up. I can't think of the English American yeah, you got it. You mixing got it. me up. I'm uh I'm actually working through the cursive logic workbook right now to get my cursive writing back into shape. One thing his school mentioned is that it helps kids to see their parents writing at home, just like with reading. Second, my six-year-old has been working really hard on improving his handwriting this year. I don't think he's quite ready for a fountain pen yet, but he is really intrigued by my pens and, of course, my inks. I feel like a fountain pen might help motivate him to keep working on writing, i.e. once you get handwriting down with a pencil, there's a fountain pen waiting for you. The challenge is that it doesn't seem like there are a lot of kid-sized fountain pens available in the US. Do you have suggestions on what pens we should consider for him or other tips on getting a kid started on fountain pens? Really enjoy the show thanks kim and uh, kim is at kimu k-i-m-u on twitter so i have lots of thoughts on this um when i was growing up this was what was done in school so uh, it wasn't fountain pens but it was pens ink pens just like whatever they were like they weren't they weren't ballpoints they weren't rollerballs they were those like plastic nib pens that that you could write with you know what i'm talking about uh, so we would have to write in pencil. Everything had to be written in pencil until you got good enough that you were allowed to use the pens. That was like a thing that was done in my school and everyone wanted to use the pens. Right. And then once we got to use the pens at home, I was allowed a fountain pen. I was bought a fountain pen. So I think that it is a great motivator, especially if uh, your child sees you doing it. They're going to want to do it even more. So I think it's a great motivator. Um, I would recommend, I think it's called the Lamy 123 for this. Uh, Lamy ABC. ABC. So close. So you were on the right track. The Lamy ABC uh, is a great pen. Um, I own one and, and love it. Uh, it's really lightweight. It's uh, made of wood. The body is made of wood. The tip, like sorry, the grip is made of rubber. Um, and they have a pencil version as well, I guess, which you could use for, for training for the fountain pen. And the fountain pen comes with a little label that you can write your name on and stick it on the cap. It's a really, really great pen. Uh, and the, the end of it is like this kind of cube. And that's to stop it from rolling away. It's mm-hmm. a really fantastically designed and, and made pen. And as we've known from the history of this show and people writing out, this is like this stuff is used by everybody in Germany. So like this is made specifically for this point. Yeah, it's essentially the school pen in Germany. Yep. 
So I thoroughly recommend the Lamy ABC. So I agree with that. Um, And I also agree with the process of learning up to the fountain pen. Um, You know, my kids are 10 and 8, and they always want to use my pens and inks and, and things like that. So we sit there and we talk about, you know, here's what this pen does. Here's what you can use it for. Here's why you need to be careful with it. And as they went through, like, learning about rollerball pens and gel pens and highlighters and things like that, once I saw that they were committed to using them properly, I got them Pilot Kakunos, which is a very kid-friendly pen. It's lightweight. It's colorful. It has a smiley face on the nib, so you know you're holding it in the right direction, um, things like that. And they really enjoy writing with those. And, you know, they don't use it all the time. They they tend to go – they tend to stick with the normal pens more because it is more of a challenge to write with a fountain pen nib. Um, and that's something we need to sit down and practice with, but, um, that's the pen I like for that. And I certainly agree with the kind of the, uh, the leveling, leveling them up to that point to where it's a, a reward. And then you can sit down and really practice with the uh, fountain pen. So really good question. Yeah, it's a great question. I like that one a lot. All right. This next one, I believe this is Judith. I can't quite make it out, but that's what I'm going to go with. So it says, Dear Misters Dowdy and Hurley, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now. I started with episode one and I've gotten up to 120 and I read the blog semi-regularly. As I was getting ready to go to the Colorado Pen Show, I listened to a few new episodes and checked the blog to see if there was anything I didn't know about happening at the show. That's how I learned you're looking for questions via U.S. mail. I don't have any specific questions, but I would enjoy you having Ryder Carroll on the show again to discuss his bullet journal system. This week's digital divide from the gentleman stationer says things like the bullet journal have taken a life of their own where it becomes more about the journal itself and less about the information in it. At the pen show, I overheard another attendee asking what was the right sort of fountain pen for a bullet journal. And here in town, there are workshops and planners taught at at a craft store. I'm wondering if this is an example of the difference between product and process orientation. In the online knitting world, there are discussions of knitting because the, because the knitter enjoys doing it versus knitting for the sake of making things, process versus product. Personally, I do use the bullet journal system in some sort of A5 notebook with paper I enjoy using whatever pen is handy when I need to record something. I do not illustrate mine or add stickers or use any color coding. I also knit. I knit a lot. Sometimes I finish something. <laughs> Judith. So... Number one, we've talked about getting Ryder on for his his third trip through the through the pen addict ringer, and I think this would be interesting for the exact questions that Judith asks here, right? So you see a lot of the bullet journal stuff, and it's more about how fancy you can make it, the flair, the add-ons, the beauty, as opposed to the actual process of getting things done right so uh, that's one of the hugest questions i would ask writer and that's also why i don't necessarily do those types of things because it doesn't really fit the way i work um i don't bullet journal i don't have any system i basically have a checklist system because i need to write something down and i need to check it off when i'm done um i don't need to spend the additional time to go through any extra embellishments there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to find, does that fit with your system? Um, do you have any thoughts on this, Mike? More really just around bullet journals a thing. Um, I get people mention bullet journal to me uh, as in like they, they're telling me something, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, right. I use this thing. You should check out this thing. Like mm-hmm. people that know that I'm interested in pens every now and then I'll get a tweet about it. Um, and it's it's funny to me because I think of our relationship with Ryder and and the way that we helped, kind of with the, which he has acknowledged, which we're both very proud of, about kind of helping get the word out about the bullet journal. So it's always mm-hmm. funny to see these things come around, you know, to now people t- saying to me, "Hey, you should check out this thing." Um, <laughs> but I, more than anything, I'm just really intrigued to talk to him about how it's taken off and become bigger than anything he can manage you know like bullet journal is a thing not necessarily a product now like it is that is a journaling system it's like daily planning like it is a thing and and i would i'm very keen to talk to Ryder about 
what that experience is like in trying to continue to make a business out of something that's grown bigger than him. Right, because what where my disconnect now is the difference between the visual aspects and the functional aspects of what the bullet journal has become in the in the larger sense of you know what you see on Instagram and things like that. So, yep, it's kind very, of fascinating because yeah, it, it mm-hmm. started off as an idea, he turned it into a product and a business. Now it's gone back to being an idea again, mm-hmm. and uh, I would like to kind of see what he thinks about that. All right, I'm gonna hit this next one. Before All right, I'm going to take a break first, though. Okay, go. This week's episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's have an amazing deal for you, and it's an amazing deal that they're happy to give because they are so confident in the quality of their shaving products that they're willing to give them to you for free. That's how much they are confident. They are confident to give you their stuff for free because they are so sure that you will become a Harry's customer. Their amazing free trial set comes with a razor, five-blade cartridge, and a shaving gel. It's free for you when you sign up for one of their shaving plans. All you need to do is pay $3 for shipping. Harry's amazing products have kept getting better and better over time, and their costs are staying exactly the same. When I talk about the confidence in quality, Harry's backed that up with a complete guarantee. You will get a full refund if you're not happy with any of your Harry's products at any point. They have high-quality razors, high-quality shaves that, that they will give you at about half the price of other big brand blades. On average, an everyday shaver saves $150 each year on blades using Harry's. All of these blades are made in Germany. Their razors now have a soft flex hinge. They have a trimming blade on them, a lubricated strip so it's easier to hold, maybe when you're in the shower or something, if that's where you like to shave. Um, and... Sorry, that's the textured razor handle. Lubricating strip doesn't help that. Lubricating strip makes your face feel nice. The textured razor handle is for what you want to do when you're in the shower. I'm getting so excited, Brad. I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) Textured razor handle for when your hands are wet. Lubricating strip to make your face feel good. Brad Dowdy saved me from this. (laughs) The only thing I can save you from is how awesome their handles are. Because when we went on our trip, my wife, of course, uses Harry's um, razors and handles as well. And... She saw my razor sitting on my side of the sink with the orange handle <laughs> and threatened me for stealing her razor um, with the orange handle. I was like, let me explain the difference between these handles. You have the original Harry's orange, orange handle with the smooth plastic finish. Mine is the new softer dimpled rubberized finish so slow your roll don't steal my razor and harry's orange handles are awesome i think it's time for you to upgrade mary beth <laughs> i should <laughs> for the sake of your marriage get her the good, get her the good one Go to harrys.com right now and use the code PENADDICT to check out to claim your free trial set. And because you're a listener of this show, you'll get a bonus post-shave balm added to your order for free. All you need to do is pay the shipping. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Code PENADDICT to get your free trial set once you sign up for a shave plan and get your free post-shave balm because you listen to this show. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of the PENADDICT and Relay FM. You're up. All right. So this next letter is from Diana, and it cracked me up. So a lot of these letters have different embellishments on the envelopes and mm-hmm. things like that, and people broke out their fancy tools and toys to you know write these letters to us and, and show out a little bit, and hers was especially funny. So on the back of her envelope, it says, and I, I laughed so hard because I found this out the hard way myself. Apparently fancy envelopes don't have lickable flaps. Wish I had fancy wax seals. Scotch tape will do. <laughs> so sometimes when you buy these envelope kits, the envelopes aren't sticky on the inside. Huh? They're just paper. So you have to have something extra to stick, like your fancy tape or your wax stamp. That's amazing. So, I read that on the outside. I cracked up because I've done the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to seal this up with. Then I pull out the letter, what I think's the letter, and it's like, psych, ooh, a double envelope, fancy. So there's like a layer, a protective layer inside the fancy envelope. That's another fancy envelope also with no sticky stuff. So this is all before I'm getting to the letter, which that just totally cracked me up. So thank you for that, Diana. All right, let's see what she's got here, because I can't even remember. 
Thank you so much for the excuse to use my new pad of writing paper. I probably wouldn't have otherwise otherwise bothered to ask this question, but I just had to write a real letter, and here it is. For us fidgety writers, what are the top five mid-range, $100-ish posting fountain pens? My Lamy's are fantastic, but the cap of my Twisby Eco has made many a flying leap over the boardroom table. It's deceptive. It seems to post, but the first twitch of the fingers and off it goes. That is very true. I have large hands, so I need to post for good balance and not to lose the caps. So please help. Many thanks. Big fan, Diana of the Twitchy Fingers. P.S. Do you hashtag snail mail? Why not? Hashtag AskTPA. Hashtag currently inked Lamy Safari EF with Lamy Turquoise. So number one, you do absolutely hashtag uh, snail mail. I do it all the time. You have to. Otherwise, how is it going to be searchable? Yep. Can't ever search it without it. Mm -hmm. So... Posting fountain pens in the $100 range is a tough one. I am completely useless in this because I do not post. Yeah, I do not post either. But even in that price range, the pens I've used, pens I can think of, like the Sailor Regulus posts. It's a nice steel nib Sailor pen. It's a little bit thin, but it's got good length. The Pelican M205 you can find for under $100 if you um, shop hard enough. It's not always that price but i found them for under a hundred dollars if you have large hands it's a smaller pen but posted it works really well um i find the caveco al sports to be a very good posted length pen as far as size and weight goes even though when it's capped it's really like a pocket pen it's a shorter pen it's clipless unless you add on the clip so I would That's say I know I know that the, we're we're going on the short side and it's just getting shorter and shorter as I'm about to say this, but something like the Caveco Lilliput that screws mm-hmm. on right, right that right. might be a good idea. Yeah, that's too thin, and if you have large hands and you're like writing a lot, I wouldn't recommend that pen. I'd use the okay. AL Sport, even though it doesn't screw on. It posts very securely, and it posts to a full size pen. So you're seeing where I'm going with this, though, right? Like if you can screw it on, it's not going to fall off. Right. Right, so the other ones post deeply and post tightly. It's that's a weird price point. Um, always has been anything between fifty and a hundred dollars is a very strange price point. Like the Pilot Prera posts wonderfully. Um, it's just a smaller, lightweight pen. You know, you have to decide if you if you like that. You know, it's under fifty dollars and it's a great pen. Writes wonderfully. So that's maybe something to look at. I just had one of these great moments, like one just a classic panatic moment. I was <laughs> searching for those pens as you were talking about them, and in <laughs> the top two results for all of them is your reviews. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> Makes it so easy for me. <laughs> I will just point out, you. I found a Caveco AL Sport EF nib review, and it's a mm-hmm. matte black Caveco. My gosh, yeah. that's good looking. Yeah. They're, all those Cavecos are good looking. That's it's why like I have so many of them. It's like you took the picture on your couch. It's on some uh, some gray leather. Nice. So I'm going to assume you put that on your couch and took a picture. Sure. I have no idea. I can't remember those. All of them. So, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some in that price range, but it's not an easy price range. We've discussed this lots of times. All right, you go next. You go next, and then uh, I I have one I I really want to read. All right, this one's a little bit trickier. Okay, the handwriting's small. (laughs) I was wondering to send this one to you or not, but I think it came out okay. I think I can do it. Howdy, Brad and Mike. First of all, thanks for all of the awesome podcasts. I only found y'all around episode 200 earlier this year and have since started at the beginning and have 10 more to go to get to the current uh, to get current with the whole show. Thank you Travis um for saying that and uh, I wonder when you're going to hear this, who knows. Although I have enjoyed the pen content immensely, I have found I'm gravitating more and more towards the conversations discussing your business practices and the philosophies underlying the choices you all have made during your respective careers. I love the fact that Travis writes y'all in his, his letters. Yeah. I like Let's saying see. that. So. Where is he from? Yeah, he's from Texas. So yep. that's yeah, I perfect. think that's amazing. Uh, a friend and I are in the process of starting our own business and I have on more than one occasion stopped to consider how to handle a choice and thought back on uh, one of your 
to fought back on one of your discussions of how you handled something similar. Many of these being best practices for sponsors, advertising, or receiving free items for review. So even outside of the pen world, you have an impact upon my life. Mike, congrats on the engagement and the new domicile. Please don't congratulate me yet. We're still not even close. I don't even want to talk about it. Don't make me. Also, I really enjoy your editing style on uh, the newly minted vlog. Thank you, Travis. Keep up the good work. Questions for you. Do you have a recommended podcast starter pack for equipment and software? Um, No. Uh, But what I will do is I gave a talk at an Apple store, like, nearly 18 months ago but i kind of went through like a basics of and i think a lot of that still applies so all of my equipment's changed but you don't need to worry about that but the basics they remain the same i'll put a link to that in the show notes um i am part of the pc crowd hopefully you will forgive my non-appliness i can do that don't worry also during one of your numerous podcasts have you or any of the other hosts spoken about the more technical aspects uh, behind the scenes routines of producing a podcast not really but i am going to make a vlog about that at some point because people keep asking me uh, even though i think it's a boring topic to show on video um, like how i make a podcast enough people are asking me that it's on my list to do at some point now brad i've got questions for you here brad Mm -hmm. it looks like you have another killer kickstarter project on your hands my question for you is how do you store your spare nibs I have a complete range of Lamy nibs, but do not have a satisfactory way of storing them. I saw a pouch Franklin Christoph makes, but it only has four slots. Have you or Notco ever considered producing something similar with more capacity? Again, thanks. Thank you all for everything from Travis. So I store my nibs in one of the Notco chimney top cases, which is just the pouch. And all those nibs individually live in either little small containers that they shipped in little small plastic baggies that they shipped in like in the um the way lami nibs shipped it's just a little plastic baggie um and i i just keep all those in a chimney top because there's no universal storage mechanism for that it's hard to do something very very specific so i just use a pouch and put those different things um all in in one pouch so i know all my nibs are in this one location so i can go in and grab them that's the best thing i've found um to to store my nibs and yeah sometimes i still have to like dig through that pouch to figure find the ones that i want so it's not perfect but it's the best way and i want to go back to what travis said about talking about our individual businesses and things like that. That's something I really enjoy talking about, but I am also really cognizant of, I don't want to talk about it too much. Right. So I think it's good when we, we like dedicate like half a show to like hammer out, like all the new changes and things that we've gone through and are able to, to talk about it. And I'm glad you can get some information from that to help you with your own business. You know, we try to make the best decisions possible. We're not always right. And, you know, we just try to do the best that we can and um, make the the best decisions for us and uh, our respective companies. And I know I can uh, speak for Mike on that. Yep. Uh, Travis, if you don't, um, I recommend that you listen to my other show, another show of mine on Relay FM called Cortex, where this is all I talk about. So if, if you don't listen to that, then you might enjoy it. Yeah. And if you ever have specific questions, email me directly. I don't mind one bit. You're so kind. Always. All right, you're gonna go next, or do you want me to take another one? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna right. make sure to get this one in. This one's from TK. Hi, TK. All right, dear Brad and Mike. Firstly, I would thank you both for the wonderful blog and podcast that you share with all of us. A few months back, I first got into fountain pens when I was reminded of my favorite teacher in undergrad who used fountain pens exclusively and gave some as gifts to students who won academic awards that he made himself. I first tried a Pilot Metropolitan I found on Amazon, and while I didn't love the pen, I fell in love with writing by hand again because of it. I learned shortly afterwards about The Pen Addict and listened through a large portion of your podcast and read much of your blog as well. It has been a wonderful journey of learning to love one of my favorite things all over again, coming out of a long stint of suicidal depression. Fountain Pens and the entire stationary community has given me new life and something to be passionate and excited about after a lengthy period of struggling to get by day by day. And you both have had a big part in that process, and I really wanted to thank you for sharing your passion for pens and paper with so many people. As for a question, 
do either of you play any tabletop games, board games, and RPGs? As that it's one of my hobbies, sincerely, TK. So I just want to say, hell's yeah, TK. We didn't do it. You did it. That's right. That was so, on you. So good work. I'm really proud of you, TK, for writing this down and sending it and, you know, understanding that, you know, you've had a struggle and you found your, fought your way out of it and you should be proud of that too. And when I read this letter, I'd had about a stack of 10 letters that day I was going through and, uh, and it's coming again because you know how I am. I, I stopped. I just started crying. I just stopped. Of course you did. <laughs> Cause that's how I am. I mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, I couldn't read anymore right then. I was like, I was that this f- fun that we have affects people <laughs> in a way that's very helpful and beneficial to them and can make a even just like the tiniest little bit of difference. That's a big deal. And I really appreciate that. And I hope, um, you know, I hope we can give everyone a little bit of enjoyment and a little bit of fun. And I just want to say TK for someone who's just gotten into this, your handwriting is impeccable and your choice of paper and fountain pen inks is, is staggering. So um, you've done really, really well. And uh, you can, you can write to me and Mike anytime. On that note, um, I don't take my job for granted. Uh, and I, and this, you know, this isn't the first time that I've been lucky enough to have a, a letter like that written to me. Um, it's happened right. a couple of times. I think it's happened for me and you before as well. Yeah, yeah, it has. We've gotten some e- lots of emails um, around this topic or around, you know, saying these things. I take what I do very seriously because I know that it makes people happy um, and I will always continue to do that. And at the point where I think I can't do that is when I'll stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be never. Which is going to be never. You pry it from <laughs> my cold hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go for one now. Yes, I need to compose myself. I think you do. I think you do. Dear, don't get the letters wet. You're going to run (laughs) the ink on them. I I did mess up one of them, kind of. Of course you did. Dear Brad and Mike, I'm writing to you using my Schaefer Snorkel Statesman fountain pen. I found it several years ago in an old secondhand desk. I thought it looked interesting, so I kept it around on the chance that it might hold some value. I had no idea how to ink it up, so it sat unused on my desk drawer for years. One of your podcasts gave me the idea to dip the pen in a bottle of ink and try writing with it, and it's been one of my favorite pens ever since. Thank you for inspiring me to try new things. The Schaefer Snorkel is a vintage pen and sometimes gets me thinking about the history and evolution of writing instruments. I would love a coffee table book on the subject. Do you know if any such book exists? Sincerely, Doug. So I loved this question when he asked it, and I didn't have time to research it, and I don't own any... um, specific ones like that the one that i do own is uh from um andy lambro um it's the pens of japan book but it's more it's not necessarily a history book it's more of a visual you know coffee table style book so i i would open that up to to the listeners if anyone has any great recommendations for books i think we can do some follow-up on this because i would like to know that myself especially with the holidays coming up if you know we can find some good uh history books that um you know would would be very cool for um you know our listeners uh, for myself and, and things like that. If you have if you are like me and you've never heard of or seen a Schaefer snorkel before, check the link yeah. in the show notes. This is one <laughs> of the most bonkers things I've ever seen. Yeah, what it's a cool on pen. earth? <laughs> I keep telling myself I need to buy one of those, and I, I just don't because it's such a cool filling system. It's uh, it, it looks it's a like snorkel. like a like a like a ballpoint extends from out of the fountain pen nib. <laughs> that's what it looks like. It's like this rod comes out, and then that's what f- like you dunk that in the ink, and it fills it. How peculiar! How peculiar! <laughs> People don't make weird stuff like this anymore. You know? Oh gosh, no! Can you imagine? That's that's why um, Brian Gray at Edison Pens. You know, he likes to try to recreate some of the old filling systems just because no regular pen company is going to be able to afford to do that um in any kind of scale so yeah, yeah. it's because i assume it's, it's, it's horrifically cool. unreliable as well <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> that thing just spitting ink out all over the place yep yep hey should we take a break 
yeah, take a quick break. And uh, I definitely have more I want to get to. So I'm trying to narrow these down for today. Then we're, we're definitely going to have another segment of this uh, going forward. Oh, I have no doubt that now we've done this, people are going to want to write in even more than ever. So we'll talk about yeah. that at the end. Of the I just show. want to make sure to get everyone who did it for this show in. Um, yeah. Even though we're, it's, it's not going to happen today, but it, I guarantee it's going to happen. This week's episode is also brought to you by the Pen Chalet. We have a big, big offer today, Brad. Go check Uh-oh. it out. Uh-oh, I'm going right now. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, everything you are looking for. They have all the brands that you want as well. Monteverde, Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Caveco, and an authorized dealer of all of them. They believe in providing the fastest and most reliable customer service, which is why they give a 100% satisfaction guarantee on all of their high-quality, low-price pens. They do great discounts all the time. They have sales all the time, and they're adding new styles of pens every single month. They have free shipping on orders of over $50 in the United States. They sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. I will mention this as always. If you've heard us talk about a pen today in this episode that you're interested in, go to penchalet.com first and see if it's there. Because if you click the podcast link at the top of the website and use the password penaddict, you will get a code to save 10% on anything you find at the Penchalet, including this week's special offer, you can get 10% off the 30% discount. So you're getting a huge discount on a Pilot Vanishing Point in the black carbon-esque finish what? in broad nib. You get 30% off plus that 10% discount on top what an offer this week a vanishing point and i will say <laughs> i've used a few of them and again while it's it's not my favorite pen because i don't like mm. the clip but i know basically everybody else on the planet does the broad nib on these is amazing that is true it's a japanese broad nib so it writes probably like a western medium um and it's but it's still you know it's, it's a little bit firm and and really really nice line and can we say the price? We can't say the price, can we? Can't have say to go the see price. it. You have to it's go really see good. It. <laughs> it's really good. Excuse me. Yeah, it's uh, anytime you can get anything, any percentage off on a vanishing point, uh, it's a good deal because that really rarely, rarely happens. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful deal. You got to go check it out. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet as always for supporting this show and Relay FM. All right, so this one. Like, like all the letters are interesting, so I should probably cop, stop saying. Oh, this one's very interesting. This one's from uh, Joseph, and when I opened up um, the very traditional envelope, out popped this very unique green gridded and blank engineering paper. Like I've seen this paper, I was like, wow, this is really cool engineering paper. And then like you kind of have those thoughts before you start reading the letter, and then this happens. It says, dear pen addict, I've been listening to and reading your blog for over a year since finding them in a quest to improve my handwriting. Your request for handwritten Ask TPA has inspired me to take the time and write in. I found your recent discussion of the Handwriting Doesn't Matter article interesting. The subject has come up periodically over the years with most articles proclaiming the end of handwriting is nigh. The problem is they all ignore the role of handwriting in math. I work as a mechanical engineer and use math constantly. For me... A pen and paper is an important part of my job. It is cumbersome and time-consuming to do my work solely digital. The combination of numbers, symbols, letters, characters, and subscripts make it difficult even to create the most basic of formulas. This shortcoming becomes even more evident in a classroom setting. Part of the need for handwriting in math is that it is that at the core of how math works and how it is taught. Math is still very much about working things out on paper. You need to see your work from beginning to end. Working through a problem may involve going back a step, crossing things out, writing new things, erasing them, and rearranging them. It is time that the computers computer makes the computational aspects of math faster and in many cases possible. It should not be forgotten that the computer is a tool just like the pen. The inclusion of one does not mean the exclusion of the other. Hmm. Sincerely, Joseph. This is a wonderful point that I had not considered before. 
And I'm a huge believer like in math and science are like the keys to like education these days. And I was terrible at math and science, but I keep telling my kids, these are the things you should focus on because that's what every, no matter what you're doing, those things are in the background somewhere, right? Um, yep. in, in one way or the other, you know, whether in your computer programming or research or really, gosh, I mean, even if you're a lawyer, math and science plays a huge role in how you're coming to decisions. So I thought this was a great letter and something to think about. I don't know that I necessarily have an answer other than I, I absolutely completely agree with, with what he's saying there. I think it links back to the cursive discussion, right? Mm -hmm. Not letting these things go away just because there's other things that you can do. They're still valuable. Right. Right. Speaking of which, I'm about three quarters of the way through the book. So I'll get that done and uh, get Mr. Trebek scheduled, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Now, I have one more. Do you want to go and then I'll do my last one? Yeah, I have a short one real here. This one came on like a little card. Some of these came in cards. Um, and I love this one because it has stickers all over it. It's got like a little spaceship and it's got an yeah. ATPA and a sticker. And the card says, you are my favorite, which I mean, duh. And then I open it up and there was a sticker, like a spaceship rocket taken off. That one must have been meant to be sent to me, right? N nope, nope. <laughs> so it's from carrie she says hi mike and brad love your podcast i look forward to it each week um i've only used my i've used my lami safari broad nib for years but i like to venture out and try some other pens what pens would you recommend i try next thanks so much and take care so that's actually a question we get a lot and our question, our answer is generally the same. It's generally one of the Twisbees, either the Eco or the 580. 100%. Um, I would hold off on the 580 right now because it looks like they're getting ready to change it again. Um, so I'd wait and see what they have next. But the Eco is such a fun pen, and it's right in the price point of the Safari. I would go for that. It's a piston filling fountain pen. So you have to have a bottle of ink to use with it. Um, if you're not, if I know Lamy makes the turquoise cartridges, which looks like what you're using now. So if you don't have a bottle of ink, you need to buy a bottle of ink. And that's always fun to get into like, the first of bottle it. of ink. Yeah. yeah. So I would say. totally do that. So thanks so much for the stickers and the, and the cool letter. All right. Hit it, Mike. Dear Brad, this, the, Dan wants nothing to do with me. Yeah. He knows I have no help for him. And it's true. Mm -hmm. The cap mm -hmm. threads on my noodle is Ahab and a few other pens are very stiff and make it difficult to unscrew the cap. Any suggestions on how to make the threads smoother from Dan? Some people, and I say that because I haven't done it, some people will add the smallest amount of silicone grease no to their threads. way. I would never do that. I'm not dealing with the greasiness on my hands. I don't either, but I've heard people doing that. Otherwise, it's just an effect of the material used for that pen. So the threading's not clean on that. You're barely even going to have the time to even wear it down to wear it smooth. I have some pens like that. Um, and that's just unfortunately part of the materials used and the finishing process for that pen. There's nothing you can really do. I've heard people adding that on there, but I, I wouldn't do it. Um, I'm not interested in that. I don't like, I, I hate doing um, eyedroppers as much as I love using and filling eyedroppers. I hate like silicone grease because I feel like I can never get it off my fingers. and <laughs> It bugs me. So there's so one there's thing that. that I will add to this. See, I, I can't. Mm -hmm. I hope I can provide uh, some good advice here. Make sure you've soaked the pen, just in case you've gotten any ink in there. It happens. It's happened to me. You know, you might have had a small ink explosion at some point, and there might be some dried ink in the threads. Make sure you've given it a good clean. Look at that. Yeah. Look at me. Fair enough. I'm adding value. I know you're just brushing that off, but um, you've, no, you've got some smarts. Um, uh, I'm not just a, I'm just a pretty face. All right, let's hit one more, and then we'll wrap it up for today. I think we maybe got through half of them, which I'm surprised. I thought we'd get through more, so I apologize if I didn't get to you today, <laughs> and I feel guilty about it. So I promise you we're going to get to them all soon. You're like at the front of the line, all these handwritten STPAs. That I can guarantee you. All right, Brad and Mike, first off, thank you for the excellent podcast. I'm not much of a pen addict myself. I found everything I need in the Muji .38 gel ink pen. That's a good pen. But thoroughly enjoy hearing two gents talking about them so passionately. I'm more of a stationary fan, as you can probably see. My STPA is this. 
Do you think the current fascination with analog tools, snail mail, stationary is due to people's tendency to take a step back? Remember the Polaroid surge when digital cameras became a thing? Or do you think it's more deeply rooted than that? Thanks, Brittany. What do you think? Little Mike? column A, little column B. Yeah. Um, I think that there are people like us who have just always been into this stuff, like since they were kids, um, and that now they have the money to actually spend on it, they will, right? I think me and you are both in that camp. And then we have the internet to find those crazy things that we didn't think were possible when we were younger. Like I used, the, the pens I dreamed about when I was a kid, I didn't think existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, hey, guess what? Now that I can see what other people are using around the world, it turns out they do exist. And you know what? I can buy them too. Yep. So I, th- I fully believe analog um, is here to stay. The fascination is here to stay people do use it um as a respite from their daily lives it gives them a mental break um that's why we don't want to see handwriting go away um i i fully believe in that and um you know and i also think it is deeply deeply rooted when you know people can see you know letters that their grandparents wrote to each other and it, it invokes like a different feeling um about things than um you know seeing that email you know you wrote that one time so, but yeah. people love nostalgia, and it's a nice nostalgic thing, and it's a cool thing, you know. Like you yep. said, like the Polaroid, um, uh, the Polaroid comparison is a very good one to make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd say I think it's a little column A, a little column B. But even yep. if some of the coolness of it goes away, like the planner stuff and the coloring stuff and all that just dies off, there'll still be people like me and Brad who will never refuse to let go of their pens. <laughs> That's right. Someone asked me on an analog. Um, if I had to choose between giving up my pens for a week or giving up Twitter for a week, which I'd choose, mm. and I would give up Twitter every time. Not close, yeah. Every this, time. I could give it up easily. I mean, look, I could not use my pens for a week, but I don't want to do that. Right. So there you go. Right. This has been a resounding success. Uh, for, for something that just came to us randomly as an idea halfway through a show one time, this has been great fun. I have really, really enjoyed it. Um, I like getting the longer questions and the letters for this show. I think it makes more sense. So yeah. we have obviously more to do, so we should do this again in a few weeks' time so we can finish these off. But I want more of them now. Um, and I hope that the listeners do too. So I'm sorry, Brad. Uh, there is a link in no, the show notes wonderful. to Brad's e- uh, mail address, the snail mail address, is the Pen Addict contact page. Send them in. Uh, I want us to have more written Ask TPA than we get tweets. That's what I want because I think cool. that's the right thing for this show. So keep writing them in and we'll keep doing them. All right. I think that's about rounded off for this week, Brad. Um, yes, sir. If you want to find our show notes, you can head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 228. You can find Brad online. He's at uh, knockco.com. Congratulations on the Kickstarter, by the way. Thank you, sir. You and the retail it. launch on top of it. So it's been oh, yes. busy times. We'll have an episode coming up soon where we'll talk business stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that a bit recently. So we're giving yes. you all a break. But now we'll do it in the last minute of the show. Yeah, I've, I've seen some people tweeting their uh, beautifully purple Sinclairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. so congratulations on all of that great business stuff thanks thanks um you can also find brad um on instagram he's pen addict on twitter he is dowdyism i am at imike i-m-y-k-e on both we'll be back next time with a very special episode we have a couple of really exciting guests which i think you're all gonna love until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad